is a brief history of gift wrapping with some ideas thrown in. But first... This week's Christmas joke. What do you call Santa living at the South Pole? A lost clause. Hmm... Hello everyone. Now, I've been thinking about gift wrapping quite a bit recently. I love making things look pretty and I think wrapping gifts up nicely and displaying them under the tree is a wonderful way to add to Christmas decor. A well-wrapped present can make something that usually would be quite boring, a pair of socks for example, seem like an opulent treat. Over on my YouTube channel, which is also called Christmas Prepper, and on my IGTV, I've just done a couple of how-to videos on wrapping gifts. One on sewing drawstring gift bags and one on making origami-style gift bags from wrapping paper. Now, as I'm a bit of an information hoarder, I like to find out about the background of things. So I thought in this episode I'd give you all a brief history on gift wrapping. According to Wikipedia... The use of wrapping paper is first documented in ancient China, where paper was invented in the 2nd century BC. Over in Japan, they traditionally use wrapping cloths, known as furoshiki. Sorry if I've pronounced that wrongly. They are typically square with standard sizes of 45 by 45 centimetres, which is 17 inches, or 70 by 70 centimetres, which is 28 inches. Recently, there's been a renewed interest in furoshiki and it has grown in popularity over here in the UK because of its environmental benefits. It can be used over and over again. I myself have a couple of fabric wrappings that were gifted to me by the company called The Oat House over on Etsy and I'll be using them for some gifts this year. According to theatlantic.com, over here in the West, we've been using paper to wrap gifts since the Victorian period, without whom we would not have many of our current Christmas traditions. Gift wrapping with elaborately decorated thick paper, ribbons and lace was reserved for the upper classes of the Victorian period. In the early 20th century, this gave way to tissue paper, usually in red, white or green. Fast-forwarding to 1917, according to mentalfloss.com, during the holiday season of the aforementioned year, a pair of brothers with a stationery shop in Kansas City were having such a good Christmas sales period that they ran out of tissue paper. That was the standard form of gift wrapping at the time. Not wanting to leave their customers empty-handed, one of the brothers poked around in the storage room and found that they had some decorative French paper that was intended for lining envelopes. They priced up this paper at 10 cents a sheet, and apparently sold out instantly. 
The next year, the brothers tried offering this fancy French paper once more, and again they sold out. The following year, 1919, they decided to print their own decorative paper, and the gift wrap we know and love today was born. Now, the name of these brothers was Rowley and Joyce Hall, and you can still buy wrapping paper from their stores. They were the founders of Hallmark. They make some pretty good seasonal movies now too, if you like a bit of cheesiness, that is. In 2019, the global gift wrapping product's market size was estimated at $16.15 billion, according to the grandviewresearch.com. That's a lot of present wrapping we're all doing. As I mentioned, I love gift wrapping. I spend longer than I care to admit researching different gift wrapping ideas on Pinterest, but I usually go back to my old faithful brown parcel paper, I think it's known as craft paper with a K in the US, with a bit of rustic string or some red ribbons or raffia. I just love the simple look. Sometimes I'll add candy canes for an extra pop of colour and a treat for the recipient. I actually used to have a sell-at-home stationery business. That's how much I love it. I also like to make gift bags from wrapping paper. As I mentioned in the show intro, I've made a video of how to do it and it's over on my YouTube channel. This is a great way to wrap smaller presents to make them look more fancy than they may actually be. Another lovely way to package presents is in a gift hamper. The giving of hampers at Christmas time has an interesting backstory too. According to the Lewis and Cooper website, purveyors of fine food and wine since 1899, the giving of hampers of food at Christmas time can be dated back to at least the time of William the Conqueror, 1066. Back then, hampers were filled with food, drinks and sometimes clothing and they were given to impoverished families. Hampers were also known as hanapers and they were used to store important documents. Over the years, the use of hampers has evolved somewhat. In the 1700s, people began to travel by stagecoach, and during the journey, passengers required sustenance, and therefore food hampers were used for dining en route. Then, with the development of the railways in the 1800s, people were able to send gifts to family and friends over long distances much more easily, including food hampers. And when the automobile rolled around, hampers stepped it up a notch, and some even contained kettles and burners so that drivers and passengers could stop for a hot drink on the road. No roadside cafes in those days. During this time, the contents of hampers became much more lavish, containing the most exquisite delicacies of the day. Now, it can be argued that the most exquisite of all hampers are those from Fortnum's and Mason. On their website, they claim it is the ultimate parcel of comfort and joy, and I think you'd be hard-pressed to disprove that. They have had nearly 300 years to perfect the art. They began by supplying well-heeled passengers on the stagecoaches that I just mentioned. The very first hampers contained game pies, fresh bread and butter, scotched eggs, cheese, hothouse fruit, rich fruit cake, mineral water, small beer and hock to drink, whatever that is. When picnics started to take off at the end of the 18th century, originally known as Fête Champotre or something like that, the demand for Fortnum's hampers increased 
and it was the good old Victorians who perfected the art with the richly packaged hampers required for the well-to-do at events such as the Cows Regatta and Epsom Derby. During the First World War, thousands of hampers containing boiled sweets, tinned fruitcake and chocolates were sent to those serving in France to give them a taste of home at Christmas time. And after the war, the gifting of hampers at Christmas time increased and there was a great demand for gourmet foods in pretty jars and canisters. And this is what their hampers contain to this day. It's one of my dearest wishes to get a sumptuous Fortnum's hamper at Christmas time, but alas, they are a tad out of my budget. So what I like to do is make my own hampers. I love to collect bits through the year that I know my friends and family will love and put them all together in a pretty hamper. This year, I'm planning on getting some locally made foods and wines, along with a few handmade gifts, and I'll be making a YouTube slash IGTV video of the process in due course. Speaking of which, I'd love it, if you don't already, if you could subscribe to my YouTube channel, and I'm also on Instagram and now Facebook, Christmas Prepper on All. from listeners so if you fancy it then you can leave me a voice note via anchor which i can play on the show or message me over on instagram my handle is at christmas.prepper so as a reminder i have a new christmas planner out which is available on amazon and the link is in my show notes if you fancy getting your christmas prep on merry christmas everyone Thank you.